0: Let's just uh, continue to move on this surrender theme. Father, we thank you for today. Father, we just want to get to that place. We just surrender it all. And just that old hymn, I surrender all. All to Jesus, I surrender. Just give it up and loose ourselves from fear and tradition and customs and past pains and mistakes and even past successes that are holding some of us back because it's not working quite like it used to, and we're doing the same stuff. Oh, Lord, there's faith for every season. There's grace for every stage. And there's love for every step. And I thank you, Lord, that we're a people of surrender. And Father, we're surrendering not only to operate through your kingdom, but we're surrendering in faith for the thousands and thousands of people we're called to touch in planting life-giving churches. Jesus, where you are Lord, Holy Spirit, where you empower, where the Word equips and releases people into their purpose. Prayerfully around the world, but specifically in small towns and areas of Kentucky. We love Kentucky. And Father, we thank you for the opportunity to send one of our own brook to Washington, D.C., our capital, and Father God, from our house to our governor's house to the White House, we're taking back this nation, your nation, one person, one family at a time by revealing unto them how good you are, how faithful you are, how merciful you are, and how great you are that you've created us, divinely appointed us, and are revealing to us how much you love us in Jesus name amen amen <clears throat> I want you to get your Bibles out and I want you to turn to with me if you wouldn't mind to Matthew chapter 4 hold your finger there and I'm going to quote a few verses but before I do that you've heard me speak of uh, the boys in Ohio five young men and now it's six and we also have another edition from North Carolina five young men that have Basically appointed themselves or pulled themselves connected to Brooke and I over the years and these, uh, these young men we visit with them periodically I have the opportunity to sit on four of their boards and uh, Brooke and I and we love them and uh, sometimes we get a phone call or text say hey if you don't mind we want to come down I want to come down I'll bring the kids and the wife sometimes it's just them and spend a couple of days Just we're just going to eat bacon and play with the dog talk about Jesus and drive around look at fields and that happened this week and one of our sons of faith Joshua Pennington he and Angie pastor with their four children more faith a more life church Excuse me, in Newark Ohio and um, he came down and we just had a great time and what he said first service I said I want you to get up and just take your liberty because you know how many knows God willing we have next Sunday to pick it back up amen we, we don't have to, you know, always, uh, that's what Daddy used to tell me. He said, save a little bit of feed. i dump it all out. And um, what Josh said first service with the Spirit of God about the faithfulness of God needs to be repeated about what God just did for him supernaturally, financially. It just goes with what Ashley said. So Josh, come up and greet the people. Josh Pennington, they pastor More Life Church in Newark, Ohio. Um, about 12 years ago, he came and said at a meeting we had, said in the third table, round table, Right here, as a young, young, hungry, frightened minister, and God began to move on his life and Angie, and it's just I, I sit in Thanksgiving, Brooke and I, and all of what God has done. They're changing that part of central Ohio, right outside of Columbus. Josh, what's going on, everybody? Y'all doing well? You look good. Um,
1: as Pastor Pat said, God connected He and I, and then. He and I and Miss Brooke and, and my wife Angie, my wife and I we have four kids. Um, we had four children in thirty-five and a half months. And that separates the oldest and the youngest. We started off with twins, and we have a daughter and a son, so we have two boys and two girls. Um, we had four kids in diapers at once. We have four. In, we had four in high school at once. We had four driving all within three and a half years, and this fall we have three in college. Everybody say, faith. <laughs> Amen. How many y'all know we need help? How many y'all know somebody needs help? How many you sitting next to that person right now that needs help? Um, and we came here in a moment when we needed help. And I believe it was God's plan for us to be connected with not only your pastors, but you. And I want to I want to tell you that I'm so thankful for each and every one of you even if we've never met before but this church has made a difference in in my wife and I's life through your pastors we wouldn't be doing what we're doing honestly to the degree that we are if at all if it wasn't for them because we came here in such a moment where I was ready to quit and give up and because of this church because of your generosity because of um, who you all are and who your pastors are we get to do what we're doing and um, I just want to encourage you with one idea before I get out of your way Um, every year twice a year we do 21 days of prayer in our church we do it in January for the first 21 days and then we do it in August for the first 21 days seems like a natural uh, reboot and refresh for seasons of life. First the year, everybody's kind of going on their New Year's resolutions or, or whatever and getting a new start. Fall is back to school and kind of getting back into a routine. And so we do 21 days of prayer. We just ended that 21 days um, yesterday. And during the 21 days, every time we've done it, it's been like God's kind of put something in my heart that was for me. But how do you know God's just a whole lot bigger than just you and he puts things in you for others and uh, during the 21 days of prayer God gave me just a real simple idea a real simple word it might be for you I think it probably is for for many of you and here's here's what here's what that idea was he simply said Josh I'm going to begin to turn things around in your favor I wonder if there's anybody here you've ever felt like every step you take is in just deep, thick mud, like you're just not making any progress at all. One step forward, two steps back. Anybody ever gone through a rough season in life where just nothing goes right, three of us? All right, praise the Lord, I'll just talk to you all three. Like, it's just tough, like every every step of the way is difficult, and that's a season my wife and I have been in, and God said that, and I said, I believed it, it made sense to me, it was truth to me, but I needed a little bit of help. And um, we were in that time of prayer. We finished it Saturday, and the second to last day before the prayer ended, the 21 days, I got a phone call from our hospital, because in um, five years ago, on September 4th, it was four days before my 36th birthday. I had a massive heart attack and nearly died. 99% blockage in my LAD, which is also known as the Widowmaker. And at the time, I had, we had no medical insurance. We were totally uncovered. And uh, we've, we'd accumulated over $100,000 in medical debts. We'd been paying on it five years. Five years we have been paying it, paying and paying and still owe thousands of dollars. And Wednesday, God speaks to my heart and says, Josh, I'm going to turn things around in your favor. And on Friday, I got a phone call from the assistant to the president at the hospital, and they said, Josh, it's been five years. Uh, The president's reviewed your case, and we have forgiven all medical debt attached to your account. So my balance is zero. Like, it was all paid. I told my wife, and she gave me the biggest hug and kiss. She's always looking for reasons to make out with me, I'll tell you the truth. But she, she, <laughs> but she, she, we were just so excited that God was turning that thing around. And I found a verse that I think will encourage you in Isaiah. And here's what it says. Isaiah 40, verse 4 and 5 says, Every valley, every low area in your life, I'm going to exalt. And every crooked place in your life is going to be made straight And the rough places in your life are going to be made smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed to you for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. When God says something, he always brings it to pass. And what I believe over your life is God's going to smooth out some rough patches. He's going to raise up some low areas, some crooked and confusing places. He's just going to straighten out. It's going to make a whole lot of sense. Let me. Can I just go one more step? Oh, take off, yeah. I'm looking for a chair. I made a decision a little over 20 years ago to give my life to Serving God in whatever way He would see fit. And growing up, my mom and dad were divorced when I was really young, and my dad has suffered with alcoholism his whole life. He really wasn't in my life a whole bunch. And um, I prayed for I prayed, I prayed for my dad for over 20 years because I wanted him to put his faith and confidence in Christ. I wanted him to see life transformation. 20 years, I prayed for him. We came out of our prayer time in January of this year. He watches online, and back up last August in 21 days, God began to speak to me about my dad. He started watching online last year in August. Never came, but he watched online. He called me after one of the services. after he sent me a text. He said, Josh, I don't know what happened, but um, during the service, something happened to me, and he'd smoked my entire life. I'm 40 years old, and as long as I can remember, he's always smoked. He said, Josh, I don't know what happened, but today, that all left. He never smoked another cigarette. In fact, he did, God started doing something in him before he turned his life over to Christ. And he said, Josh, you know what I'm going to do? Uh, everything I used to spend on cigarettes, I'm giving to the building project. And every week, he <laughs> yeah. gave those, that money for the cigarettes to the building project. Mm. And in January, I was praying for him again, and around Easter time, he was watching online. He sent me a text, and I called him. I didn't know where, what his spiritual condition was. I just didn't know. It's not up to me. I'm not the judge of that. I just wasn't sure, you know. And uh, he said, after the message, he, we talked on the phone. He said, Josh, I never knew, I never knew until today what Christ suffered for me. And it became personal. And I knew right then and there his eternity would be forever with Jesus. Amen. And then one last thing, this 21 days, and we'll punctuate this thing. During this 21 days, he came over to my house, and he said, Josh, I don't know what's going on, but here's here's what I feel like is my next step. He said, I want to know, will you you water baptize me when we move into the new building? Amen. And so in a matter of a year, God turned a 20-year journey around, and I'm saying that because I don't know how long you've been going through whatever you're going through, But I believe that someone in here needs to hear this. God is turning that thing around for your favor. He's turning it around for you. And I believe he just wants to encourage you with that simple idea. And I believe he's going to boost your faith. And you're going to be able to say, you know what, that's for me. You're going to know right now. And he's going to turn that thing around on some things that have been away for generations. Just in a moment of time, I believe he's going to turn it around for your favor.
0: Would you pray for people? You want me to do it? you pray for people, yeah. All right. If that applies to people,
1: pray for them. All right, okay. I
0: mean, right there, just
1: pray over everybody. Sure, sure. Um, Pastor Pat says, if that applies to you, he wants me to pray over you. So why don't you just bow your heads and close your eyes, because it might be real personal for you. Thank
0: you, Lord Jesus.
1: And uh, I'm just going to ask you with an uplifted hand. I'm not going to ask you to get out of your seat or come down front, but you say, Josh, that's me. Uh, God's talking to me. I, I believe he wants to turn it around in my favor. If that's just you, just throw your hand up right where you are. I want to know who I'm praying for we're all over the place. You're not alone, I promise you. There's literally dozens of hands going up all over. You, Go, keep on going. If, if you, you Just get in. Come on. All right, that's awesome. Thank you. That's awesome. Thank God, you see every heart, and you see every hand. And we're not asking for something that we can do in our own strength. God, we've been trying that for weeks and months and years. We are holding you at your word. You said you would turn that thing around. You said you would exalt the low places. You would lift up the low places. You would straighten out the crooked crooked places. And the rough places would become smooth. And so, God, right now, in Jesus' name, we thank you for turning this around for your glory and for the favor of your people. It's in Jesus' name. Matchless name, we pray. If you agree with that or part of them, here somebody shout, amen. Amen. "Amen!" amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. God's a good God. How many received that? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just we just received that on behalf of each and every one of us, and especially those who are turnaround places. They're at turnaround places, Lord. They just don't feel like there's anywhere to go. And we receive that word from heaven today by the gift you placed within us. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, I'm just going to condense and not condense, but we'll add two next week. But I just want to talk to you about one thing. If you give me about four or five minutes, and then we're going to honor those who are baptized. And I want you to turn to Mark chapter 4. And We've been talking about the power of faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. We've been talking about the faith as a title deed, the assurance, the confidence of things we're hoping for and the power of God. 1 Corinthians 13, 13 tells us faith, hope, and love. These three focus on the greatest of these is love. These are the three currencies of the kingdom of God. The three denominations of the currencies in the kingdom of God is faith, hope, and love. We are required to learn how to operate through all of these if we're going to be successful. Faith, we know that faith pleases God. We know faith comes by the hearing and hearing by the word of God. We know that we obtain a good report by faith. We, we, we know that we know faith comes in the measure of a mustard seed that can move mountains in our life. We've went through that. We talked about all those things. And I, I, we know that faith is tied to grace. That's how we get saved. We know... There's Thomas' type of faith that has to be seen and felt to believe. And we know there's Abrahamic faith that did not stagger at the promise through unbelief, but believed. We saw in Abraham's life that once Isaac did get there, once the manifestation did come, God asked for it back. Let me say this to you He has to be, he wants to be first. And whatever means the most to you, he wants you to be willing, you and me, to give it back. Our life, our spouse, our children. Our dreams. He just wants it back so he can multiply it and give it back to you. One of the greatest scriptures in the whole Bible to me is in, I think it's in Genesis 21.5 or 521, I can't remember, but it's somewhere in there, when Isaac had come, Isaac's being reared by his mom and dad, Abraham and Sarah, and then God asked, God asked Abraham to give him back. He says, I want you to sacrifice your son back to me. And Abraham reluctantly agreed to do what God said to do. Sometimes God will ask you to do something you can't figure out in your mind, but you've got to trust the word and the will and the spirit of God. So they went to the mountain to to do the sacrifice, and all the servants went with him. One of the greatest scriptures in the Bible, the servants knew what it took to have a sacrifice. They knew there's wood for the the burnt offering. They knew there's certain things that had to happen. There had to be an animal caught, usually a ram, sometimes a goat sometimes a a turtle dove. But Abraham turned to his servants, knowing good and well he's going up there to sacrifice his son. And he said, me and the boy will be back. Me and the boy will be back. Faith has a talk to it, and faith has a walk to it. And I believe he believed no matter if he took the life of his son, God would raise him from the dead. I want to speak today here that some things that appear to be dead in your life, God wants to raise up but you have to speak to him and you've got to believe that what has appeared to be gone and dead, God wants to raise up. Well, the story was that 16 to 18-year-old young man who was built like a linebacker allowed his father to tie his hands and tie his feet as he laid on that altar, knowing full well what's coming next. And that, that son trusted that father so much that that father heard God so well that he laid there. I'm sure there was apprehension and sweat but yet mixed with faith. And sometimes you can start off with some levels of fear, but you can end in faith if you keep trusting God. Ms. Joyce Myers says, do it afraid. Just step out and do it. And just as soon as he inched forward with that knife to take his son's physical life, the angels grabbed his hands, the knife fell to the ground, celebration began to happen, the ropes come off, and his son was given back to him. There's Thomas' faith that has to see it. I've got to see it. I've got to poke my finger in it, my fist in it. I, and then there's Abrahamic faith who did not stagger at the promise. And here's what I want to read to you as we close. Jesus is choosing his disciples. And he says that Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee. He saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. What were they doing? They were just making a living, living in their culture. And he said unto them, all he said was, come, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. he just give them an opportunity. Immediately they left their nets. Everybody say immediately. immediately. They left what they were familiar with, what they're accustomed to do, what they've been trained all their life, and they followed Jesus. Going on down a little bit other, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother um, John with their, in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets. They were preparing their nets to fish again as they had to. And he called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Back in fifteen in the 1500s, there was a Spanish group, an army led by a man named Cortez. And they landed on the other side of Mexico to take it for Spain. And because Cortez felt like his boys might be tempted to go back, he had them to burn the ships. He said, scuttle the ships. I mean, takes off what we need, pull them together and set them afire. I don't want you running back because if you run back, we can't conquer what we come to conquer. I'm telling you, that thing in front of you that's loomed in your life all your life and been overpowering you, Jesus says, let's burn the boat, let's give it all we got, and let's follow him. And let's leave the place of comfortability, the place of custom, the place of things. And you, well, I'm afraid he's going to send, listen, I'm afraid he's going to send me to Norway. Well, he might. Howard's been to Norway. But he might, he might just want you to go to Newcastle. How I many say amen? It's where he wants you to go. And just like Ashley said, whether you're farming, whether you work somewhere for someone, whether you own a business, whatever you do, he, he always fulfills his promises but somewhere in there there's got to be a net leaving and a boat burning to completely follow Christ and in that time you watch when you and I do those things not only does freedom come but multiplication comes back in so many ways the older you get life means more about relationships than anything how many knows that's true and God wants to have a A great relationship with you and I and our brothers and sisters in the Lord. And remember, the currency of this kingdom is faith, hope, and love. And I just want you to know that you have more of that on the inside of you than you realize. But today's a boat burning day. I'm not going to live the way I've continued to live. I'm going to step across that line. I don't care if mom don't like it, dad don't like it, my girlfriend don't like it, my boyfriend, my boss. I'm going to live for Jesus, I'm going to honor him. I'm going to step across that line. I'm not going back. I'm boat burning. I'm going to walk away from my nets. It doesn't mean God's going to call you to leave what you're called to do, but he wants you to do it better. And his grace and his purpose. And like Brooke, going to Washington, D.C. on a confirmation, representing us. I'm telling you, we're not little and podunk. God is moving in America, and revival's going to move through small-town America and reach the mega cities. I'm telling you, Small-town America has a voice, and she's rising up again. And it starts at the church house and goes to the courthouse and goes to our house. And it's all about who's in charge and Jesus is in charge. I'm happy to be American. I'm happy to be a Christian in America. If we got problems, sure we do. There's only one other place that I consider living. It's not Australia. It'd be Israel, because I know God promised to protect her. But I love America. Don't burn a flag around me because I'm 64, but i will be good for a punch or two. I'm like Toby Keith. I'd be good for a little bit. Don't burn a flag around me. That flag represents more than the colors. It represents what God has done and desires to do with this nation. How many say amen. We are positioned to pray for our nation, pray for those in authority and leadership, and we're, we're here to take back what has slipped away. Through the word leaving our schools and leaving our public places and the Ten Commandments, all that stuff had slipped away. And I grew up and didn't even understand what abortion was, so I was grown. And if you've went through it, God forgives. Don't live in condemnation. Let God help you burn that boat today of shame and, and guilt and move across and just say, yes, God where there's freedom. Yes, God, where there's liberty. Yes, God, I'm going to do it your way according to your word, and you're going to to always fulfill your word. And I'm going to have a time of my life living for you. How many can say amen?